welcome to another episode of Wicked Weird with New England Queenie. I'm New England Queenie. Last week we talked about the Galactic Federation, sometimes referred to as the Galactic Senate, a group of over 200,000 extraterrestrial species working together to preserve safety and progress in our galaxy. Although the topic of extraterrestrials is a fascinating one, I have had a few incidents this week that have been steering my mind in a different direction. As I sat here typing away, looking for some references and possible talking points for this week, the curtain to my right began to move on its own. This wasn't a subtle movement like a breeze. It was obvious enough to draw my eyes away from the screen and look. Whatever that was, it left me wondering what on earth could have caused it to move. That was the start of some unexplainable events that have followed since. And memories of a home built in 1723. Join me for episode three of Wicked Weird with New England Queenie as we discuss my own real-life haunting in the house on Thornton Street. Ghosts, spirits, souls, angels, demons. These are names given to beings we don't comprehend. I don't know if it is possible to understand the trauma, anxiety, and fear people who live with hauntings in their own homes face daily. Something like that can really drive someone mad. I had to face that question of sanity versus insanity during the year we lived in a home in New Hampshire that was built in 1723. The following true events all occurred during the one year we lived in the Thornton Street house. It all started with dreams. I don't know how to explain it, but during the summertime, I began having dreams about a house. It was a big house with wide pine floors, front and back staircases, and a tire swing on a big oak tree in the backyard. I brushed off the repetitive dreams as wishful thinking because we were living in a small house in the city. We had four children between us, and as a blended family, we needed a home big enough to live comfortably in. It was only natural to think about finding a bigger house within our price range. We rented because neither of us had owned a home before and we were unable to come up with a down payment to purchase one at the time. The housing market had just crashed and loans were harder to get. We also weren't married at the time, which made it tough to rent, let alone buy. I spent a lot of time on the internet searching for what I thought was a pipe dream. That was when I saw it. The photo of the large red colonial caught my eye immediately on the realtor page. The other thing that caught my eye was the price of rent. 
My brain almost couldn't believe the rent was only $1,250 a month, and it was located in a town with the best schools in the state for the kids. I really never thought there was a chance in hell we could get this home, but I emailed the realtor, who was also the property manager, and made an appointment to see the home that warm October afternoon. When we pulled up to the house, I found myself feeling like I had to have it. It was meant for me. This had to happen. The property manager met us at the side door by the garage and took us through the breezeway into the kitchen. The immediate familiarity I felt with the home was just inexplicable. I knew this house. Every room, every window, every fireplace was so close to the images I already had in my head from the dreams that I began to believe maybe I had some ESP ability because this was definitely the house that I had dreamed about. We applied for the house that day and within a few days we were signing the lease. Two weeks later, we were moving in. I loved the convenience of the shorter commute to work and the schools being so close to us. We settled in relatively quickly and I was so happy to be in this beautiful older home. I imagined what it must have been like living here in the 18th century. The barn must have housed the horses and carriage. The fireplaces were in every room and in the kitchen, there was an actual oven built into the fireplace. Everything seemed fine, and my mother came to the house to see it after we started to settle in. She loved the house too, and appreciated the charm of the details throughout the home that had been carved into it over two and three quarters centuries before. This house was there more than 50 years before the United States declared their independence. As we walked down the back stairs to the kitchen, a statue of the Virgin Mary fell from a shelf in the stairwell. As startling as this was, what happened next was what kept my mother away until Thanksgiving. Something tugged her ear and yanked her earring right out and tossed it down the stairs. Now I know what you're thinking. Maybe her earring just fell out. I would have thought the same had I not been standing next to her witnessing the event myself. Besides, it was way too coincidental for her ear to be pulled right when the statue fell. Little things continued to happen that would sometimes make me feel a little crazy. I would be in the kitchen making dinner and I would hear the piano in the music room. It wasn't playing a full song of any kind. It just sounded more like someone goofing off and playing around with it. I would go in there and there would be no one in the room. This happened a lot, especially when I was home alone. At first, I thought maybe it was the cat just hopping up there, but the cat was almost always upstairs on my bed. And when he wasn't there, he was in one of the kids' rooms on their beds. 
As creepy as that piano was, it was minor, and even though I knew the cat wasn't causing the piano noises, I would still blame the cat for everything. Things would seem to be moved, like my keys were always disappearing, and then I would find them in an unusual spot, like in a drawer in the kitchen, or on a fireplace somewhere in the house. Once, I found them in the bathroom in the linen closet. Not long after, we found a secret staircase that led to a hidden room. The house seemed to constantly reveal secrets, and so far, none of them were good. The kids started to make some friends at school, and they were starting to come over. Some of them were really curious about this house after growing up in town and avoiding it their entire lives. It was obvious there were rumors of this house among the kids in town. When we didn't get a single trick-or-treater that Halloween, it really didn't surprise us. My son had a friend who stayed the night a few times. He would sleep in a sleeping bag on the floor in my son's room. Next thing I knew, he would only come over during the day and leave before dinner. When I asked him why he didn't stay over anymore, he said something grabbed his ear and tugged it while he was trying to sleep, and it scared him so much he just couldn't stay after dark anymore. If we had a bonfire outside, he would come, but wouldn't go in the house after sunset, even to use the bathroom. He would hold it until he had to go home and find relief there. I started to hear what sounded like music coming from somewhere in the house, but I couldn't find the source. I legitimately thought it was the children playing a trick on me by putting a radio somewhere in the house and just leaving it on when they were gone to mess with me. It must have looked like I'd lost my mind when I was searching the house in my quest to find where it was coming from. Around the week before Thanksgiving, I started to have dreams about a woman in a high-collared white dress, but I never saw her head. There was nothing but darkness. She was always trying to get my attention in the dreams, and at one point, these creepy dreams started to turn into full-blown nightmares. You probably don't know the feeling of a headless spirit staring at you from darkness, but I will tell you, it's not pleasant. You can feel the stare. It's like being wrapped in a blanket of ice. Then the headaches started. I had never had an issue with severe recurring migraines before, and I found myself seeking medical help for migraines from a neurologist who put me on Imitrex and gave me Botox shots in the back of my head to relieve migraines that wouldn't subside. Even when the migraines would ease up, I was never without headaches when I was in this house. Sometimes I would try to relax the headaches by taking a hot shower. And even though I never really found relief that way, I did relax and was able to get to sleep in spite of the pain. I worried there was really something wrong with my brain at that point. Was I hallucinating and having headaches because of some illness? Or was this something else? Just using the bathroom in general in that house gave me a feeling of fear and paranoia 
I would be brushing my teeth or doing my hair, and there always seemed to be something off about the reflection. I couldn't put my finger on it, but it was like looking at someone else in that mirror. It was uneasy. The longer I was in that bathroom, the more anxiety built up. I became anxious when looking at my own reflection. Whenever I took a shower, I felt like someone was just on the other side of the curtain, waiting for me to open it. It would move like somebody was grazing it with their fingers, and I swear I actually saw the hand touching it through the curtain. The feeling of someone watching all the time was a daily issue. I can't even tell you how fast I was in and out of that bathroom. I was always afraid to open that curtain out of the fear I would see someone or something standing there. The kids felt the same and took some pretty fast showers. The bathroom downstairs was no better. The difference was it felt a little safer because it was off the kitchen and there was always someone around the kitchen within calling distance. The dogs and cat would sit for hours staring in the same corner on the ceiling in the living room. At first I thought maybe it was a bug or something that they kept seeing, but there was nothing there. They all acted strange in that house. One of my dogs tried to run away, something they never did. Another started having accidents in the house. Now, I understand at this point that you probably are thinking it doesn't sound that bad. And you would be right. It was creepy, but livable, in the sense that we were able to try to ignore or be brave enough through the eerie discomfort of the house. I read a book on poltergeists and hauntings that said these supernatural beings feed on attention. So we figured as long as we didn't acknowledge any of the activity, then maybe it would go away. But things got worse. It started with my youngest stepdaughter sitting up in bed and talking in her sleep. It wasn't anything scary and usually revolved around something like pizza or the cat. She then began to sleepwalk. We would find her wandering the house as if in a trance. She never walked in her sleep before or when she was at her mother's house. She never did it again after we moved out of Thornton Street. Activity happened during the daytime too. My 13-year-old son called me at work in a panic one afternoon and said he saw someone in the house. He had been standing in the doorway of his sister's room when he saw a dark figure walk across the hallway, blocking the sunlight from the bathroom window as it crossed. It didn't have any legs below the knees, and it was so dark he couldn't see a face or any other features. It was just a dark shadow in the shape of a person from the knees up. He felt it was a man. The dark figure headed down the back stairs towards the kitchen and was gone. Nothing prepares anyone for the reaction they will have when something like this happens. I tried to calm him down and told him just to stay with his sister in her room and I would be home from work soon. My son began to experience activity directed at him. 
He would see writing on the walls in his room that would fade away before he could show anyone. He woke up one morning with what looked like a burn from a branding iron that faded not long after he showed it to us. We couldn't move because we would have to buy out the lease we signed and we still had almost six months left on it. We couldn't afford that, so we were stuck. One day we came home from running errands and one of our dogs was locked in a closet upstairs in the hallway. There was absolutely no possible way he could have opened the closet, got inside, and then closed the door on his own. He was just a dog. He didn't have opposable thumbs. One early morning at about 5 a.m., I was awakened by a violent shaking that felt like an earthquake. I screamed at whatever was doing this to stop. The pictures on the wall started swinging and then crashed against the wall over and over until my significant other opened the bedroom door when it abruptly stopped. I was so angry and when he asked me what I was yelling about, I asked him if he had felt the shaking. And he not only said he didn't, he also called me crazy when I got out of bed and walked over to a picture on the wall and tried to show him the way it had been banging against the wall, only to be unable to budge it. It was stuck to the wall like it had been glued there. Now I was being targeted. I awoke one night to screaming. I woke my partner up and jumped into action. The screaming was blood curdling and it was coming from downstairs. We followed it to the bathroom next to the kitchen. I opened the door, turned on the light, and the younger stepdaughter was screaming at the top of her lungs unlike any scream I had ever heard before. Then she stood there and urinated all over the floor. I didn't know what to think. As I mentioned before, there were two staircases in this house. While the back led to the kitchen, the front led to the living room and music room. One Friday evening, we were getting settled to watch a movie. I had gone upstairs to change into some PJs and was heading back down after when I felt someone push me down the stairs. It was a hard push and I went right over the first few steps to land on my back. I continued to tumble down the stairs until I hit the bottom. Now, I have only experienced the sensation of time seemingly slowing down a few times in my life, and all were during times that I thought I was going to die. Time slowed down to where I could have had an entire scenario play out in my head about what I should have done differently and what will happen to my kids. It was just so weird how time does that. I remember thinking I was going to break my neck and die right here as I fell, but I was lucky. I only broke my coccyx and bruised everywhere else. At this point, we had all either seen something or had been a target of whatever this was. We smudged, had psychic intervention, and screamed at it that it was my house and I forbade it from attacking us. I think all that attention made it stronger. I didn't tell anyone about the problems we were having. I was embarrassed and honestly believed if I told anyone that I knew, they would think I was insane and lock me up. 
It just so happened a client of mine showed up at my work one day and told me she needed to talk to me. Now, a little background on this. My client was also a well-known psychic, and she had come in with her friend, also a psychic, and my great-grandmother, Rose. The problem is, Rose had been dead for years. I wouldn't have believed it had she not told me the nickname my great-grandfather had called my great-grandmother, Butch. Rose had come to her about my house and what we were going through. I'd be lying if I said I didn't immediately lose my cool and cry. Someone else knew. They knew, and I never told anyone outside of my home anything. She told me about a portal in my home where the bathrooms were that was busier than Grand Central Station. Spirits and what some to have referred to as demons were passing through the portal constantly. Now, my upstairs bathroom was directly above the downstairs bathroom. That explained the uncomfortable feelings we had in the bathrooms. There were portals in my bathrooms. She also said Rose had been watching over us and visited my son. There was an entire conversation about transitioning from life that they had, and I never knew anything about it. I was sure I was out of my ever-loving mind. But here was a person who had been completely unaware of my situation coming to me with both accurate knowledge and my dead great-grandmother. I felt like this couldn't be real. A funny thing happens when you finally accept there are things in this world that are from another plane of existence. You start to see it everywhere. Maybe that's why young children and animals can see spirits. No one has told them they aren't supposed to see them. When I got home that night, I asked my son about any dreams he had about anyone in our family, and he went on to tell me casually he had been having dreams about Rose since we moved in. She had told him she was protecting us as best she could. He asked her about my great-grandfather, who had died the year before, because he wanted to see him too, but she told him he was still in transition from life to afterlife. Even though time doesn't exist for spirits, we are in a world that is run by clocks, so for us, this transition takes time. Things were just a weird mess, and we needed help. With sleepwalking, things moving, the cold spots, the animals acting strange, and a dozen other issues, we had come to the conclusion that we couldn't handle this on our own anymore. So, my client got together with her psychic friends, and they cleansed the house. Everything seemed like it was better for a while. Then, just like every movie or TV show you have ever seen about hauntings, it came back with a vengeance. Sometimes you can feel when something is about to happen, and it is almost like it wants you to know, because the fear leading up to the attacks is probably fueling their power. I was alone in the house, talking on the phone with my mother. I was wiping down the kitchen table and talking about my father-in-law who had just passed away. My partner had gone to Pennsylvania for the funeral, so I was home alone. 
I was leaning a bit with one palm on the table and the other wiping with the cloth when I felt a pair of strong, cold hands grab me so hard and shove me face down onto the table. I screamed and ran so fast out of that house and I just couldn't stop crying. I was assaulted by an invisible force again and this time it didn't feel like an accident. My mother was still on the phone with me and heard the whole thing. She was freaked out too. If that thing can hurt me like that, what else can it do? Were any of us safe in our sleep? Would it try to do something evil like burn down the house with us in it? Every horror movie about ghosts starts to run through my mind and the fear consumed uh, my every waking moment right up until we finally were able to move out of that house. And then it was finally over. Except it never is. I have found once you know these things exist, it's like a door opened that can't be closed. I felt it in the next house we lived in and the one after that. I feel things in the house I live in now. Is it really houses that are haunted or are people what are actually being haunted all along? I have seen lights zip through a room. I have now made the connection that these are orbs. Some have been solid lights and some almost sparkle and flash. They are usually green or blue, and when caught on the cameras in infrared, they all look white. I've seen dark shadow people. I've seen them move. They change shape. Sometimes they stand over me and I can feel them staring from the darkness. I heard someone talking, but when I turned, no one was there. I have thought it sounded like my fiance's brother, someone I never met, who died before we started dating. I have seen my cell phone fly off the counter in the kitchen on its own and land on the floor more than four feet away. I have felt someone touch me. Once it was a shove on my back, another time it felt like something was crawling on me. Usually it feels like a poke in the arm or in my side. I try to keep my eyes closed so I can't see what touched me. The few times I did open my eyes, I was face to face with the darkness. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And right as I was deciding on a topic for tonight, the curtain to my right moved. At least I'm not on Thornton Street anymore. Thank you for listening to Wicked Weird with New England Queenie. I do hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to keep it weird. Good night.